You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, and of course a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are here with us today for episode 303 of the Press Home Podcast. And guess what? I have none other than Patrick Williams right here in the studio with me already right at the top of the show. Patrick, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Great to be back, as always. Good to have you back. It was a whirlwind of a week last week. Last week was actually so chaotic and crazy that we had to take a week off. But we are back. And uh, a lot happened in the last week, Patrick. We're going to talk in this first segment about uh, the trials and tribulations and the highs and the lows of what happened with the Laval Rocket last week in their bid for the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, And then in our second segment, uh, we are going to talk about uh, some other notable series that wrapped up uh, last week and what's in store for the AHL as far as the division semifinals coming up starting this week. So lots of excitement. I feel like there's a lot of moving parts that are moving very quickly. (laughs) That there are. That That there are. So we get to last week. Uh, the the Laval Rocket we know over the weekend prior to that um, had squeaked into holding on to that final playoff position, which meant that they qualified for the th- best of three series against the Utica Comets um, as a play-in round. And um, it's you know we've talked about this before that it's it's a very I mean, a best of three goes very fast, and whoever loses that first game finally suddenly finds themselves facing elimination in the very next game. Um, And, you know, Laval, for the most part, except for like a little couple of weeks, two-thirds of the way through the season, for the most part, despite the fact that Laval had a pretty not-so-great season, the one thing that you could count on was that they were going to show up at home, uh, that their home record was by far their strength uh, when it came to the season. And I'm not sure that anyone in the packed Plas Bell uh, last Wednesday night for game one against Utica was expecting Laval to not only lose, but to get shut out four to nothing uh, by a team who they had beaten on home ice or away ice uh, like 
six of eight times over the season. It was uh, it was a little bit of a shocker to see Utica come in and kind of manhandle their way through the rocket. It was, uh, and they Utica came in and just played a perfect game, right? Like you know, the, they they took it to Laval too, right? I mean, we're so accustomed to seeing Laval, especially in that home rink. They come out and they try to you know run you off the ice, right? You know, mm-hmm. overwhelm you, and, and Utica instead countered and, and did a lot of that uh, and kind of put Laval back on their heels, which was a little bit of a different um, position for Laval to be in. And then I think the second thing was Laval or Utica stayed away from all the um, Laval lights are trying to draw you into the scrums and into the into the fray. And Utica really wasn't having much of it. They weren't uh, engaging much beyond kind of just you know little, you know you know minimal um, pushback. Right? You know yeah. they stayed away from a lot of those scrums and just you know didn't get themselves into that and kind of stayed on their game, stayed focused. Uh, and that's I think we're having a Having a head coach like Kevin Dean really uh, pays off. Um, yeah. He had that team ready to play, ready to go, and um, most importantly of all, I think, ready to manage that environment. And you, you, you pull that game out, right, like you said, and you're, 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 you already had the other the other team, you know, three hours after the, the playoffs started, they're already facing elimination, right? So um, it's uh, it's one of the real, you know, challenges of this round, and, and you know, we saw that a couple times, you know, in different parts of the league where, you know, like for example, like a, you know, a team like Coachella Valley second overall in the league. And you now they, they won their first game and lost the second one, but they, they, they were all of a sudden facing elimination mm-hmm. before the playoffs barely had started. So uh, it's a real, it's a real dicey um, uh, format in that regard, just where yeah. you know, you're trying to see your whole season go up in smoke pretty fast. Uh, if you're not careful and uh, you know, if you saw the Utica, they really, they capitalize that. And then, you know, knowing that they're, they're coming home and playing in that, you know, Utica building, um, you know, they were able to pull out that second win. So um, yeah, that was, that was kind of the story of the Laval Rockets uh, postseason. Uh, very brief. Absolutely. Well, you know, the interesting thing is then, okay. So they, so they lost definitively on Wednesday night on home ice uh, now facing, you know, going to Utica and, playing at least one if not two games in Utica uh, which can be a loud building in its own right uh, can be you know spectators are very much on top of the ice there um, so it can be a little bit of hostile territory mm-hmm. um, and and Friday night's game game two Laval I don't want to say that they came out uh, you know kind of busting through the doors but they certainly found a way to at least clog things up and not allow Utica to to dominate the way that they did on Wednesday night. Um, and, you know, one of the keys for Laval has always been this season that they need to score first. They don't, they never played well from behind all season long. Uh, and so they did that and they got on the board and then, you know, the, it almost kind of seemed like an impasse for both teams. Nothing, nothing was really happening. Uh, there wasn't a lot of penetration uh, and it was it was almost looking like there's going to be a shutout in the first game, and there might be a shutout in the in the in the second game, um, with Laval leading one nothing very late in the game. And <laughs> I think I think all of us were already kind of already starting to pencil in. Okay, Saturday night game three, it's going to come mm-hmm. down to that. And whammo, two seconds before the end of the game, 
uh, Utica coming up with that game tying goal and then taking it in overtime. Uh, what what was your reaction to all of that? Yeah, you know, uh, third period it wasn't looking um, all that great for the Utica Comets. Uh, they just were, you know, there were points where they were you you could see that push coming, but um, yeah, I never felt like they were kind of really truly breaking through. Uh, you know, it was always, it seemed like a case of, oh, you know, even when you had maybe an opportunity, puck bounces off a stick or stick gets in a lane or the, the, those sort of things. So it was sort of, a, you know, a situation where, um, you know, Utica was definitely pushing, but they just weren't getting a lot from it. Right. And then kind of just a shot, you know, almost a Hail Mary, um, with the, the two seconds left. Right. You know, I started mm-hmm. talking to Riley Walsh the other day about it and, um, you know, the way, you know, he basically said, like, I just kind of shot and hope for the best, right? Like, yeah. And sometimes maybe that's the best thing, right? Like, you know, just not overthink it, right? And just, you know, hope it, hope it finds its way, hope it has eyes. And, and that's exactly what it did, right? And it got through that crowd. And uh, then it's a 1 1 game, right? And Val has to kind of go back to their dressing room and kind of ask themselves what just happened. Yeah. And then, you know, overtime started, you could just jump right on them, right? Like, they knew that Laval was kind of a wounded uh, team, and um, they didn't let them uh, kind of get back on their feet, right? Like, they just came at them. And you have, like, you know, amazing prospect, like, Nemitz there, you know, like, it was almost like a, a slap pass, you know, like, or you know, pass shot type, uh, you know, thing where you just put it right on the stick of LaBerge there and, uh, you know, right in, and that's again that's that's a series it's two games and it's up and that's 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 all she wrote so um it was yeah it was it was quick but uh there was definitely some moments uh of uh you know some real highlights to, to, to come out of that series you know it was uh it was interesting to hear jfl then say at the end of season media availability the very next day on saturday that uh you know he he kind of qualified it with we weren't really a team built for the playoffs and I think you know we've talked about this plenty not just this year but even last year when this new format was was installed by the AHL of this play-in round where more teams qualify for the postseason but they have to get past this best of three series first that that sure there are some advantages to it there's ticket sales something else for fans to get excited for uh, you know more fans getting to enjoy their teams uh, being in the postseason Um, But it also means that sometimes teams that really have no business being in the playoffs are still going to make the playoffs. And I think that was I think Laval really encapsulated that this year. Sure, they had some excitement uh, here and there in the second half of their season and and by and by by all means put up some pretty good um, results in the last two weeks of the season in their in their push to qualify. But Overall, uh, particularly from their first half of the season, just due to injuries, call-ups, and and just the makeup of their team in general, um, I think it was kind of the writing was on the wall that that making the playoffs, it would have taken kind of a miraculous run for them to do anything much further than what they did. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, this is around where you really start to, you know, you see the, you know, who are the legit contenders and kind of who are the teams that, you know, are, let's be honest, just not really going to do much. I think Laval certainly fell into that that latter group where, you know, like they had their moments during the season where, you know, they certainly um, it came together. But, um, you know, it's just 
you know, they just they couldn't do it consistently, right? Like they were a team that was just up and down, up and down, and that's like the worst. You know, the playoffs don't allow for that, right? Like you have to be a consistent team. Like that's really what you know. It's a, it's almost a test on just being you know able to maintain that consistency in the playoffs. And the teams that can do that tend to go far, and the teams that can't tend to go home. And uh, Laval obviously you now is is gone home. And um, yeah, they I mean they got that boost late in the year, obviously with some players coming back, and you get like a Harvey Pradar coming to your lineup, but that can be difficult too, right? Like um, trying to reintegrate everybody and you know players that have been in the NHL playing in different roles, uh, now they're coming down and you're asking them to take on you know a different sort of challenge, and you're trying to get chemistry back, and then you have guys that were in the lineup now getting pushed down or pushed out of the lineup, so um, it, it's a challenge, right? And so um, you know I think. You know, it's Laval's probably right where they should be in terms of like, you know, maybe they would have gotten through this round perhaps, but you know, as as the playoffs go on, I mean, you can see there's a definitely there's a definite set of tiers in terms of like mm-hmm. those top teams, and then you know maybe there's a, a that next middle group teams that maybe if if everything goes breaks the right way for them, they could do some damage, but. Laval, I don't even think fell in that group. Laval was sort of in another tier below that. So, yeah, uh, yeah you know, it was... Kudos I, to I, them for doing what they did. They did. And, you know, I think they... But ultimately, they ended up finishing right pretty much where they should have. I, I would I would agree with you there. It still doesn't mean that it's any less disappointing for Laval fans who were hoping probably for another kind of Cinderella run like they had last year going going the distance and making it all the way to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. But alas, this is not the year for it. Uh, and we know that next year, you know, if you thought that there was uh, youth on the team this year, just wait till next year because there's even more prospects due to enter the AHL for the Montreal Canadiens organization le- next year. JF will even acknowledge that uh, the team is going to get younger yet still next year, most likely. And really, I think the key, and, and Patrick, I know you and I are going to talk about this more in depth as the summer goes on. The key is going to be uh, for the organization, if they're serious about the development and really shaping uh, what these young prospects are going to be able to do in order to transition them properly to the NHL down the road, they're going to have to... Um, really take a look and examine at what veterans they are going to sign in free agency to bring in as the support around their prospects. And I think that's going to be really the key thing. Uh, You know, we were a little disappointed with how that went last summer. And so I'm, for me personally, I'm curious to see if they've learned any lessons and if, if they take a different approach this year. Yeah. I mean, you have to, I mean, we've seen, you have to be turning out two or three, four prospects, right? Um, every year, pretty much, mm-hmm. and the top teams do that, and they do it consistently. And uh, those players, when they're when they're ready uh, to make that jump, they tend to not get sent down again. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it's really your only path in this current day and age of the NHL with the cap and with all the you know strengths that that puts upon you. You have to churn that new talent in and if, if if the AHLT is not doing that every year year in and year out and, and and developing those those it's not that you're necessarily developing impact players for the NHL club but you definitely have to develop the supporting cast mm-hmm. right you know like and it, 
you know, I was talking to a coach this week, you know, it's, it's not a matter of like, Oh, okay. We need somebody that can break into the top six. Right. But we, you definitely need somebody that can break into the bottom six. I mean, For sure. To have that, um, coming in consistently because those, those bottom six players are the ones that, that, you know, if you can do it affordably and, and, you know, really financially efficient, um, that just opens up a whole different, uh, you know, cap, you know, number of cap possibilities. And if you can't, you, those are the teams you tend to see getting cap trouble. And they're the ones that have to go out and uh, sign players in free agency, overpay, or they have to make deals that, you know, where you're overpaying. So, um, if you can develop in, in-house, um, you're going to be that, that much further ahead. Absolutely. And we will, of course, be keeping an eye on how this all shakes out all summer long. And anytime that there is a signing, we're going to discuss it and talk about the pros, the cons, and how that person might fit in. Uh, not only signing in free agency, but also there are um, pending UFAs and RFAs uh, who are currently on the team, whether or not they depart or if they are qualified in the case of the RFAs. We're going to cover all of that this summer as things go on. So it's going to be, it's always, it's a, to me, I kind of like, you know, the off season is almost one of my favorite times of the year as far as hockey goes, because it's like you're, you're doing all the planning and prepping for what could possibly be for next season. Um, and so it's, uh, it'll be exciting to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, really there's no off season anymore, right? Like, no, (laughs) there's laws, but there's not a true off season anymore. No, there really is not. Um, And there'll be a ton of work for Laval, just like all 31 other NHL clubs and, and their affiliates. And we'll be here to talk about it. We definitely will be. Uh, What we're going to do right now is take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. And when we come back on the other side, Patrick is still going to be here with us here in the studio for kind of the extended version of the AHL hot stove. We're going to talk about how all of the other first round series shook out last week and get you all set for the division semifinals, which are there's some there's some really key matchups coming up that I think are going to be exciting to watch and you don't want to miss it. So we are going to be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Press Own Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 
21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And welcome back once again to episode 303 of the Press Zone Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Radio, Rocket Sports Media, and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. A big thanks to our sponsors over at DraftKings for that message and incentive. If you haven't taken advantage of that, I recommend you do that right away. I also recommend that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. Tap that subscribe button. Tap the uh, share button. That's the most important way you can help us if you enjoy this show every week is share this episode on your favorite social media platform. And be sure you are following at the AHL Report on Twitter. You can find Patrick over at P. Williams AHL. Be sure you're following him as well. And you can find me at Flyers Rule. So, Patrick, last week was mostly, with with the exception of uh, the Syracuse Crunch and the Rochester Americans, who got their division semifinal series um, started a little early, um, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the be- the best of three series that all took place last week, only two of them out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven best of three series, only two of them went the distance to, to three games. Um Abbotsford swept the Bakersfield Condors, so the Vancouver Canucks affiliate advances. The Colorado Eagles swept the Ontario Reign, so Colorado advances. Uh, The Iowa, uh, excuse me, Rockford, uh, the Ice Hogs, swept the Iowa Wild, so Chicago's affiliate. Um, The Rockford Ice Hog moves forward. Uh, We know Utica swept Laval. Hartford swept the Thunderbirds. Would yeah. you have predicted that in January? No, no, not at all. <laughs> and you know, the, Hartford did that losing number one goalie, Louis Domingue, captain Johnny Brzezinski, Jake LeCision, a real, you know, productive forward, and then the, you know, defenseman, uh, Libor Hayek. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that one's probably the biggest surprise for me of all. Absolutely. Uh, probably it is. It's by far the biggest surprise. And, I, I did not see that one coming at all. No, I, I certainly didn't either. Um, Arthur just wasn't that kind of team, you know, for the most part. But but uh, they did have that late season makeover, and they did catch fire at the end. Um, so now that always doesn't carry into the playoffs, but uh, for one reason or another, they were able to, to really take that into the playoffs and then did a number on me. And it wasn't even close, right? Like, it was blowouts of both games and they just uh, there's a thing like I never saw Hartford tend to pounce on teams this year and yet back to back games they did right even yeah. game two yeah. where you thought Springfield would come out and try to put a real push on instead it was Hartford right off the bat so that was that was a real real surprise I admit so that meant that the two series that did the, go the distance, you talked a little bit about one of them uh, in the first segment. That was the Coachella Valley Firebirds, of course, losing that second game to Tucson. They really put the hammer down and, and took care of Tucson 5-1 to one in the in the third game 
uh, handily, which is kind of what you expected Coachella Valley to do. Uh, so that got them through. The other one was the Phantoms and the Checkers going the distance. Uh, and one of them going one of those games, the second game, went to two overtimes, which I, speaking from my own experience, anytime in the playoffs that these days that you see Lehigh Valley go to more than one overtime, you suddenly get really twitchy when you, because you're just thinking, please not five overtimes. Yeah. <laughs> please let's not do that again. And I think that was against Charlotte. Yeah, it was. And it was starting to look like that, right? And then, you know, Charlotte manager kind of is kind of, again, another Hail Mary type shot. They just threw it on net and lo and behold, it went in. And, and then that's, you know, we see it sometimes in the playoffs where that, and then that third game, it's been a tight series, but the dam breaks, right? Mm-hmm. And when it broke, it really broke, right? I mean, Charlotte just completely ran them over. And Lehigh Valley just, they had no answers whatsoever. I think, you know, Samuel Erson, you know, he had played, you know, double overtime game, has to come back uh, not even 24 hours later, play another game. And I think they just wore him down. They wore down Lehigh. And uh, once they did that, I mean, Charlotte, you know, when, they, when they're on, they're, they can be really good. And we saw it, right? And there are, they're going to be a handful, I think, for the Hershey Bears. They're not going to be a team uh, that's going to be a pushover, I think, by any stretch. No, I don't think so. Uh, so so that now sets up uh, what we've got as the division semifinals coming up this week. Now, the caveat of that, I just mentioned this a minute ago, that Syracuse and Rochester already got a head start on this. They're two games yeah. into this, and Syracuse is leading the series. This is, now keep in mind, this is a best of five series uh, from for the division semifinals. And Syracuse already has a 2-0 lead in the series over the Rochester Americans. Um, but... There's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of drama in that series. Um, Gabriel Dumont just got suspended for two games, so he's he won't play game three or game four. Um, there's just, you know, the Rochester Americans came out today with, you know, he's not played for a while, but Brandon Byro just had season-ending surgery, so don't expect him to be back anytime soon. Uh, there just seems to be a lot of drama around this series. There does. Yeah, there definitely does. Um yeah, you know, it is just an interesting series, just in the fact it's so stretched out five games over basically three weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that way, like like back to back weeks. I mean, if this thing goes beyond game four, you'll have just extended breaks in there, right? So um, it'll be a you know this it'll be yeah, it'll be two six day breaks in the series, right? That's crazy. So yeah, it's it's an interesting setup in that regard. Um, first, yeah, first game was you know real tight. You know it was an overtime game, and then the second game was absolute domination by Syracuse. Probably their best game they played all year. Didn't allow a shot in the first period. Um, and so yeah, I mean, and, and you know Rochester's had some some injury issues. Brandon Byro just uh, is out for the season now with surgery. Uh, Yuri Kulish, um, you know, didn't play so. Um, Rochester looks a little bit out of the source right now. Now the good news for them is they do have this week. Now they're kind of reset and um, go back into the lab, so to speak, and work on some things. And mm-hmm. uh, but now, now you're in a situation where you have to because it is a best of five. It's still a pretty short series, and now you have to come back and win three in a row, right? Yeah. And that is, I think, going to be where it's going to be tough, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to do that. You're trying to be a team three, you know, especially a team that's 
you know, it's, it's pretty evenly matched team. So trying to one team get the edge on them three three games in a row, I think that's that's rough. It is. Um, so we know that uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, who we talked about, they're going to face off against the Colorado Eagles uh, in their best of five series. Um, Calgary, we finally get to see the Wranglers. They're going to take on the Abbotsford Canucks. I think that has the makings of uh, a pretty fun series, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a nice part now about getting this right now. We're seeing the, you know, these are the heavyweights, right? Right. We're seeing Calgary. Um, like Coachella played, but like, you know, now we're going to see Milwaukee. We're going to see Texas. We're going to see Providence, Hershey. Like these are the real, I think, legit cup contenders. The ones that can do some real damage at the very least. So this is the, I think this is the fun round, right? Like, yeah, now we're sort of past, you know, those. Got the business out of the way. They, yeah. They had their, <laughs> their fun, but now for the most part, now we're down to the teams that are the, you know, the real serious contenders. Um, so yeah, I think that I agree with you that Calgary Abbotsford will be really good. They had a good, intense, um, season series mm-hmm. and they just played, you know, three at the end of the season or the regular season. So kind of carry some of that into the playoffs here and, uh, you know, that will get, you know, Calgary right into the playoff field, um, after a long break, right. Going up against, uh, you know, one of their top rivals. And, you know, as luck would have it for Hartford, they they pull out a miracle. They sweep the Springfield Thunderbirds to make it past the play-in round, and they get the Providence Bruins <laughs> in the division semifinal, which, I mean, Providence has been exceptionally strong all season long. So um, I think, you know, it has all the makings of being an easy series for the Bruins, but I don't know. I, I, I'll be curious to see if Hartford has any pushback. I will too. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, this is the thing, like when you finish, you know, like where Hartford did, like it's, you're lucky to even be in the playoffs in the first place, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, a few years back, you wouldn't have been. So it's, it's by design going to be a harder road. Um, but, uh, you know, the, 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 at times Hartford did kind of have Providence's number. So like, it could be a, it could be a tricky series there for Providence. And, and that's where we see, like, if, if, you know, like we saw with Coachella Valley, right? Like if, if they had gotten bumped out by Tucson, right? Like that opens up a whole new bunch of possibilities in that West, right? Like that's a major contender taken away. And the same thing with Providence. If if somehow Providence would go out in this round, that really opened it. Because for me, they're the top team by far. I mean, maybe not by far, but, you know, they're definitely the top team for me in the East. Mm-hmm. So if, like if somehow they went out just because of a matchup uh, situation, like that all of a sudden really opens things up, right? Like, you know, First, now yeah. Hershey Bears step to the, the, the front of the line. And That's say, right. Here we are. And, you know, maybe, yeah, I mean, at that point, Hartford would have a lot of momentum. So, yeah, it, it really does come kind of come down to like how things kind of, how things break, right? You know, matchups, kind of like the styles and, you know, matchups, you know, are, are styles make fights, as like the old saying goes. And uh, I think that's what, it's really a cool thing about the playoffs is, is you can start to see a team that, you know, for one reason or another has another team's number and um, can kind of really uh, upset the uh, the whole balance of things in the playoffs. And it's, you know, even though for our listeners, although you're mostly Laval fans out there, Montreal Canadiens fans, uh, the AHL, we've said it before, lots of people agree. Uh, it's, it's exceptionally competitive hockey. And the great thing about the Calder Cup playoffs is, again, you are watching top talent 
who will likely, there are people and players on every single one of these rosters who will play in the NHL as soon as next year, perhaps, uh, if if those who aren't up with their NHL clubs who are still in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So lots of really fascinating hockey to watch. Um, if, you know, if, if you're watching the NHL, you can keep an eye on the AHL's playoffs as well, because there's a, there's, you're going to get into the, <laughs> you're going to get into the meat and potatoes now. The good stuff oh, is really yeah. starting. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick, we always appreciate having you here uh, every week for all of this great insight. I don't know how you manage to keep all of these games on your schedule, but you do it uh, each and every week and you bring a, a tremendous amount of insight. So thank you for being here with us again today. Thank you. Always great to be on. And uh, we be, we for sure are going to be keeping an eye on all of these matchups as things really get started. Uh, we'll have some of the Western Conference teams, uh, Calgary versus Abbotsford, Coachella Valley versus Colorado. They will all be starting their series on Wednesday night and then other series starting on Thursday and Friday. So we'll have lots to keep you up to date on when we come back again next week. And who knows? We'll see. Maybe Montreal, Kent Hughes is going to start uh, pulling the get the pens out for signing some contracts tracks earlier uh sooner rather than later you never know so uh we look forward to having all of you back here again next week on the press zone podcast we thank you so much for listening and you can bet we'll be back again next tuesday with another really fun episode of the press zone podcast right here on rocket sports radio click subscribe to never miss an episode of the press zone on rocket sports radio visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects 